Hello and welcome to the Tiff's Truth Podcast. This is a podcast all about spirituality, growth, and entrepreneurship. Today's topic is all about the power of stillness. We talk all the time as entrepreneurs about the grind and how it's important for us to work hard and how we'll work harder for ourselves than we will at the nine to five that we walked away from and how we have to constantly go and push through. But rarely is it mentioned the importance of stillness in entrepreneurship. In stillness, we are able to hear from the creator. We are able to heal. Our creativity flourishes. And there are just so many other benefits that I'm looking forward to exploring with all of you today. And our special guest, holistic practitioner, Angelina Celeste Grant. She has spent over a decade curating wellness programs and now online products, which we'll discuss as well. Welcome to the podcast, Angelina. Hi, thank you for having me. So I thought of you when I thought about this topic because you are a Reiki master. You are a yoga instructor. We talk all the time about the importance of meditation, but unfortunately I have not yet. Well, I believe I am learning and we'll talk about this to be still because I was actually forced into stillness and I'll tell that story later, but I have struggled to be still. And I think maybe it is because of the background that I come from, you know, I come from live television where every thing you're just wound so tight by the time you get home it's like you know it takes you 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 think of stillness as a glass of wine and then going to sleep (laughs) (laughs) and I think right the wine down yeah the wine literally the wine down and it's it's much it's much deeper than that and so I thought that you would be the perfect person to speak with our listeners about stillness and its importance and so uh, what would you say is your definition of stillness? My definition of stillness is literally stepping away from whatever is in front of you. So whatever project you're doing, whether it's on the computer, whether you're in a classroom with um, your students or groups of people, whatever it is, stepping away and just taking some deep breaths. This is just a, a, a woosah moment. So this can be in your bathroom or in the bathroom of your building. This can be in your car. This can be in the hallway. Stepping away, taking some very intentional deep breaths and listening to yourself think. What is and I'm this so that glad. you're feeling? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because a lot of times when we think of stillness, we think it has to be these grand sort of leaps and bounds and you have to book a cabin in the woods and you have to do. And a lot of times people don't have the luxury of doing that. And they think that, oh, I can't be still because I don't have. But stillness is it's very simple. Like you said, it could be something as simple as taking some time to yourself and taking 10 deep breaths. I always remember you being on the health and holistic path. I want you to tell the listeners how you got here and if this has always been a passion of yours. It has always been a passion of mine, maybe since my early 20s. Um, Something that you're going to learn about me is that I am a nursing school dropout. And so, yes, I initially wanted to be in the medical field. And so when I was in nursing school, I got pregnant with my second son, David, and it was just a lot. I won't say a lot of complications, but I wasn't 
focused enough to finish school. I did, however, get to the chapter, the, the favorite, my favorite part, which was skincare and all about the skin. And that is what kind of led me on my path to become an esthetician. A lot of people don't know like what it takes, what really goes into being an esthetician. We cover a lot of anatomy, a lot of chemistry, a lot of ingredients, and a lot of health and wellness because all of these things contrib contribute to the health of the skin. What ha is happening internally and intrinsically affects what you see externally. Yeah, we always say as within so without and so you were able to incorporate your passion for wellness just in a different way exactly right? and so yeah. um one of my teachers when i was in school to be an esthetician his name was dana johnson and he was absolutely amazing but i remember he was the first person to introduce me to essential oils um he was also the first person to have a conversation with me about the energy exchange that would be occurring because we're touching people. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you going to need to tell me a little <laughs> bit more about that. And that kind of led me on my journey to become a Reiki master because I started doing my own research. I'm telling you that first sniff of lavender oil did something to me. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean the first sniff of lavender oil? So he introduced me to lavender oil because we were using it in the massage portion of the facials. And I just wanted to know more about why that scent had that effect on me and made me so relaxed and made me mm. so calm. And so just digging deep into that situation made me find out where I wanted to take it. How far do you want to take it? Well, I want to take it all the way. I want to become certified in aromatherapy. I want to know more about this energy transfer that is happening when I'm touching clients and take it to another level. Because if I can have an impact on them, an effect on them just doing a facial, how can we make this a more direct and more um, just very intentional service like just with the energy and so um that also kind of led me into the the yoga piece my goal was to make sure that i could take care of myself mentally physically emotionally and spiritually and also be able to offer other people the tools to do the same thing yeah and so you just incorporated the yoga Reiki. So give me the timeline, the yoga, Reiki, and the esthetician, aromatherapy, all of that. What was your, what was your timeline? What came first and how did first that work First was the out? licensed esthetician. So okay. first was the licensed esthetician. Uh, I went from, like I said, I dropped out of nursing school um, and I was like, I just want to focus on skin because that was what excited me the most in this entire program. So I became a licensed esthetician. I believe that was in 2007. I became a licensed aesthetics instructor two years later, which was in 2009. And then 2012 was my Reiki. 2014 was my... Um, yoga teacher training. And then I believe it was like, boom, boom, boom with the aromatherapy after that and the health coaching certification and 
all of that like within a five year span. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got it all done. And so were you able to, once you were certified, did you immediately jump into teaching people? Were you able to do well with making a living or did you just sort of ease into it? Well, I jumped in right away because remember, I was teaching aesthetics. So I had access to students who were more than willing to let me practice on them. And so, you know, besides the people in my my house, those were the second people that I started practicing on to get the feedback, to gain the confidence and to see how this actually works. So I was very excited to be able to have yoga in my classroom, to have a meditation room in the school that I was teaching in. Um, so it was it was absolutely amazing. And then in our downtime, yes, students definitely were more than willing to let me practice Reiki on them. But I didn't start teaching Reiki until I probably was a Reiki master for about five years before I was comfortable to teach it to, to, to certify practitioners. Mm -hmm. OK, so to teach it, yeah, is one thing, but then to actually practice it, yeah, because you have to practice it before you teach it. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, of, of course. Have you ever been passionate or ba about or had the idea that you maybe want to leave the country and, and study? Because there are different, I know I'm going to use the wrong terminology here, but the, oh, modalities. That's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. There are different, different modalities in Reiki. Have you ever thought about leaving the country to study any other modalities in Reiki? Absolutely. So I am just waiting until the time is right and until I feel the call. My next, um, what's actually next on my list for me is I want to go and get my aromatherapy certification uh, level two. And I plan on doing that in Arizona within probably the next two years mm -hmm. so that I can actually be where the plants are growing, where the flowers are. They have it, it, the company is called Wisdom of the Earth, and that's who I did my first training with. And so I did that at this place called Blue Feather Botanicals in LaGrange, but they are actually um, stationed in Arizona. So explain to people who don't know, I explained briefly when I did the interview with Javi Alyssa regarding Reiki, explain a little bit about what Reiki is and about what modalities are just for people who have no idea what that means. So Reiki is a Japanese healing technique. And I, I always start with Japanese healing technique because that was my training, which is the Usui Reiki. But there are different origins of Reiki. So you can practice um, what is called rainbow Reiki. There are just a bunch of different kinds of Reiki with a bunch of different kinds of origins, just as we have different names for God. They all are about affecting and impacting the energy. So healing physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Reiki deals with different symbols and colors to ignite different factors or different, yeah, different parts of healing in the body. Uh, so your practitioner is going to use visualization of different symbols, different colors, different chants, 
combined with modalities such as tools that you can also use to facilitate the healing process, aromatherapy, gemstones, sound healing. Those are different modalities that you can add to enhance your Reiki, but Reiki is perfectly fine just as it is. If you have a practitioner that does not use any of those additional tools, that is perfectly fine to each his own. It's just about your training and what additional training you have had to add to that, to add to that healing. And, and how much typically is a Reiki, uh, a Reiki session? Like if I wanted to go and get Reiki, how much would a session be? And how much would it be to act if I actually wanted to begin studying to be a Reiki uh, master? And so it definitely varies from location to location, state to state. Here in Illinois, here in Chicago, I would say for a Reiki session, an hour is going to run you anywhere from $75 to approximately $150. For Reiki training, it's usually broken down into Reiki Level 1, Reiki Level 2, Reiki Level 3, and Master Level. But even that changes depending on what origin of Reiki you are interested in. And so some Reikis only have three, but usually one and two are taught together. It's about a two day course and it'll run you anywhere from about 350 to maybe 500. So you and I talk about being, we joke about being introverts all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, but just because, you know, you like being in your own space doesn't necessarily mean you know how to be still. And again, it has been a long, I was forced into stillness. So what are, what are some ways that you would say that people can begin to use small parts of their day to take advantage of stillness? Because a lot of times we feel like they have to be these huge leaps and bounds we have to take vacations or, you know, book a cabin in the woods and do all of these grand things in order to just be still and one with ourselves. What would you say are some simple ways that people can take advantage of stillness in their day-to-day lives? So I would say to be still and to connect with yourself, to make it become second nature, just as you're breathing, you need to implement it into parts of your day where you can. Again, it doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing where you have to carve out um, an overnight stay. How about your first five minutes when you wake up in the morning? Maybe Mm -hmm. you take five more minutes during your lunch break. And when you pull up to your house or your apartment, maybe you take those five minutes in the car before entering your home where you might be bombarded with, you know, little people or, or your family or whoever is there. And then maybe five more minutes at night, maybe you just take one five minute increment. The goal is to find the time wherever you can. And so a lot of times for most of us, especially in the age of technology and cell phones, the first thing we do when we is wake grab up, our phones is grab our phone. Well, my phone and my, my, my kids talk about me for this, but, um, I don't sleep with my phone next to me. My phone is plugged in, in the bathroom, or if it is next to me, it is in a drawer. So, and it's on D and D. So I'm not hearing anything. I'm like, if you have an emergency, please call your dad. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you know I'm not, and, and they do, I mean, you know, obviously you have calls that come through your D&D, so they do come through. We joke about that, but, um, you know, I, I, that's not the first thing that I encourage people. I, I highly discourage it because there's really nothing going on and it mm-hmm. becomes a habit. It becomes another addiction. So find ways to replace the things that you're already giving your time and attention to. So instead of grabbing your phone for that, five to 30 minutes in the morning, take Mm -hmm. some of that time to sit in stillness, to prepare for your day, to sit up, take some deep breaths, set an intention for your day and notice how am I even feeling in myself before I start to put out. Engage. Yes. Engage with other people's energies. Yeah. Yep. So what is it that I am feeling before I start to interact with other people before I start to project, before I start to intertwine my energetic body with them. What is it that I am high in today? What is it that I have to give? And what am I low in? And it's like, I really don't have the energy for this today. If you don't even know that about yourself walking out of the door, you make yourself susceptible to all kinds of things that will take away from what it is that you have to give today. So you have to be able to set that intention so you know what I'm going to give my attention to today and what I'm going to let fall to the wayside. That is so true. Yeah, that is so powerful. Okay, so here is my God forced me into stillness story, okay? Uh uh (laughs) So about a year ago, I was moving and shaking and business was booming and I had the money and I was traveling and going to all of these places and things were cracking and all of a sudden everything started to slow down. Uh Then everything stopped and for a long time, the work wasn't coming in. The money wasn't coming in. There were, I mentioned before, there were relationships that were ending. Everything that I, as I knew it, was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I thought that I was being punished. I felt like a failure. I said, God, you know, you told me to do all of these things And I did everything that I've been asked to do, but nothing appears to be working. And again, that was probably over a year ago or nearly a year ago. And in that space, I had to get out of victim mode in order to see that the pause was for my benefit. Uh, there were things there were things that I needed to heal from. I realized that I was harboring a lot of unforgiveness, not just for other people, but I hadn't forgiven myself. Mm, and yeah. because I w- hadn't forgiven myself for the mistakes that I had made in the past, I was holding up my abundance flow mm-hmm. because my heart was not open. You know, I had this conversation with Dr. Bradford in the first podcast about how my heart was closed off because of the pain that I had went through with previous relationships falling apart and how there was relationships that ended that I never thought would end. And so my heart was closed. And because my heart was closed, I couldn't receive the the very help that I was praying for. That's an amazing observation. 
Yeah. And so I had to forgive myself. Like I didn't realize that I hadn't forgiven myself. You know, we point fingers at, and this is why stillness is important and introspection is important, but you know, we spend a lot of time pointing the finger, but if we don't show grace and compassion to ourselves, we can't give it to other people. Absolutely. And so it was, it was an issue of forgiveness. It was an issue of me not um, cause I was like, oh, my business is falling apart and it wasn't falling apart. It was that it needed to be restructured and that there were things that needed to be done and that I needed to learn that I could do better so that I could then move forward. You know, there were tools that I didn't have, but because I was going, 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 I didn't realize that I didn't have those tools. And that's why I wasn't flourishing in the way that I needed to or that I would have liked to in my business. And I discovered that there are talents that God has put in me that I also need to explore. Like I've always been a very black and white person like, oh, okay, I am a producer. I am an assignment editor. I work in television news. Now I'm an entrepreneur and a book author and I work with kids. And God was like, you have many different talents and many different abilities. Mm -hmm. Just because you've written a book, just because you are working with children does not mean that this particular thing isn't also something that you are great at or will be great at if you take the time to sit still and study it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so all of those things um, were my discoveries within my being <laughs> forced into stillness and slowly I was began to you know that was the forgiveness was a part of my healing process and now doors are starting to open because I'm no longer in a state of victimhood but I'm all I'm actually looking at life as okay you got me here this is a difficult space but what is it that you want me to learn while I'm in this space and so it was in stillness where I had to um, change my perspective, so to speak. And, uh, so that I could really receive, cause I kept saying, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on. God, I'll do whatever it is you asked me to do. I wish, and, and it slowly, but surely I began to gain insight. And so like they say, if you don't sit down, God will sit you down. Or if you don't rest, your body will, um, make sure that you rest, Absolutely. Um, that was that was definitely definitely the case for me. And so if things hadn't slowed down, slowed down for me, I definitely would have still been going, going, going. And I would have missed out on so much and wondering why things weren't necessarily going in the way that I would have liked them to go. So that is my that is my stillness story and the importance of why you should be still. Yeah. <laughs> I've had so many different, different situations in my life that, and I would say that I never had to be forced into stillness. Stillness is a comfortable place for me. And I don't know if it has anything to do with, well, definitely has to do with being an introvert, but also has to do with being an only child. And so mm, I that's what it is. Yeah. I didn't have people. I didn't have people to talk to. So it was just me and my thoughts and my ideas and in my room and in my music. Like one of my childhood friends now, she'll she'll come to my house and she'll be like, girl, you still stay in your room all day. <laughs> <laughs> 
because that has been like, I'm like, everything is here. All my stuff is here. Everything that I love, every comforting piece of life is here with me. And so I've had, um, I guess because I, once I, you know, grew up and, and got married and had children, and I wasn't an only child anymore. There were lots of opportunity for stillness because I still needed to just hear myself. I still needed to just step away and breathe. Being a mom of three boys with all totally different personalities and all of them having totally different needs. Um, and still, I'm just one person. So having to learn to morph into a different person to be what they needed me to be. Mm. And that is a struggle. Um, and even now in my life, which, you know, I have one son who is not in the house anymore. I have a 20 year old who probably won't be in the home much longer. He'll be, you know, starting his life. And then my 16 year old, but I have a new role now of caretaker. My, mm. um, and, and this is along with running my business and still being a parent and still being a wife. So my mother-in-law and father-in-law their health started to decline approximately three years ago and they were living separately. It was just no way to make that work. And so the easiest way and the path of least resistance was to move them in with us. Mm. And so my father-in-law has dementia. My mother-in-law is in a wheelchair and I am having the role of caretaker now and just joined another caretaker team for my grandmother who's 98 and just had a stroke six weeks ago. Wow. So, so how would you encourage, how would you encourage other moms with full families like yours to still find that time to just woosah? It's there. Say. I promise you it's there because again, we're going to look to replace some of the mindless things that we do. Like sometimes we just need downtime and we use that to watch or to binge on Netflix or we want to scroll our phone. Take some of that time and replace it with stillness because mm -hmm. you are putting out a lot. You are giving a lot. We need to check in and see what's going on. A lot of times when people have health issues, their body was trying to tell them the whole time, but in the go, 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 in the hustle and bustle, in the, you know, grind and the nonstop and in the I'll sleep when I'm dead, we yep. miss the damn message. We miss the message yep. because we won't sit still. Every time. Yep. So what were, what have been some of your greatest lessons that you'd like to share that you feel comfortable sharing some of the greatest lessons that you've received in stillness? Some of the greatest lessons that I've received in stillness is that I do not have to have a reply for everything. I do not have to answer everything right now. I do not have to give people an answer when they ask me a question or they're requiring something of me. I have learned to say, let me sit with it for 24 hours and I'll get back to you. Mm. Unless it's a fire or something is urgent, if it doesn't require an urgent response or action, I sit with it. I sit with it so that I know if my no is really a no and if my yes is really a yes or if I'm saying yes because I feel like you need me or because 
I really want to do it. So let me sit with it. That's one thing that I've learned. The other thing that I've learned is to listen to myself. How am I feeling? What's hurting? Am I fully present in my body? Have I been grounded this week? How distracted have I been? Those are things that come to me in stillness. And I feel like when we don't take the time to set aside, we don't set aside the time to ask ourselves these questions, to ask ourselves how we are doing. The same grace that you spoke about earlier that we extend to other people, we need to learn to extend to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so that same check-in, the same level of care and concern that we show others, we need to check in with our body, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Where am I today? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? That is what, um, those are some of the lessons that I've learned in stillness. I would actually love to share um, a quote with you from my yoga teacher training about mm-hmm. stillness that has been, it has, it, it really just sits right on the edge of my heart as it relates to stillness. Is that okay? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so this is um, in the book Meditations from the Mat, and it says the ancient masters were profound and subtle. Their wisdom was unfathomable. There is no way to describe it. All we can describe is their appearance. They were careful as someone crossing an iced over stream, alert as a warrior in enemy territory, courteous as a guest, fluid as melting ice, shapeable as a block of wood, receptive as a valley, clear as a glass of water. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till right action arises by itself? The master doesn't seek fulfillment. Not seeking, not expecting, she is present and can welcome all things. Ooh, that's an Oprah moment. Yes, that is from Lao Tzu. And that speaks so much to me about the just being present, being still. And do you have the power? Do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? Mm-hmm. Because we're so right now, right now, right now, right now. Everything is instant gratification. And that is not the world that I live in. So when people require that of me, they oftentimes end up up, upset and I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we want everything right now because Mm -hmm. that's how we, that's just how we've been conditioned to operate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't live in that area. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was powerful. Wow. I want to I want to talk to you about fasting. You mm-hmm. and I have spoken about fasting and I feel like this falls under the umbrella of stillness and discipline as well because you cannot be successful at fasting if you are not um if you are not disciplined, but you speak about how you do water fast, there are a ton of different kinds of fast, intermittent fast, mm-hmm. dopamine fast. We you've spoken about leaving your phone in another room and putting it on D and D how do the, how do, uh, how does fasting play a part in stillness? And I want you to talk about your own personal journey with fasting. So regarding the water fast, 
-hmm. my water fast is about 36 hours. 24 to 72 is generally what's recommended for normal, healthy people. Um, so I start in the evening. My last meal would be a light one of a, maybe a soup and a salad at 6 p.m. That And then after that, I start to drink my spring water. That goes into the entire next day, only water, no lemon in your water, no fruit in your water, because the idea of fasting is to give your digestive system a rest. So you don't want to have anything in your water that is going to activate digestion. So the entire day of no water, and then you break the fast the next morning, approximately at about seven o'clock with something that is going to be light, like a juice. Also something that is going to be nutrient dense. So I usually do a smoothie with hemp seeds in it to kind of put some stuff back into my body, get my digestion flowing again. So nothing too heavy, nothing too hard to digest. And then go on about my day. Maybe my next meal is a little bit heavier, like a soup and a salad again. And then mm-hmm. if I eat again at the end of the day, um, it'll be something light. But I'm usually eating only twice a day these days. Um, so, yeah, th- what else comes along with the fasting, though? You can do a social media detox. You can do something where you just are not talking as much. You're only saying what's necessary. What I find with that is we realize that half of the shit we say isn't necessary anyway. We're giving, oh, absolutely. We're giving unsolicited advice. We're talking too much about other people and other things that don't really have anything to do with our growth and our path. So those mm-hmm. are things that I also encourage people to be mindful of while they're fasting. What else are you fasting from? Because if it's just food and you are not taking into account the other ways that you exert and waste your energy, are you really even fasting or detoxing at all? Mm-hmm. So how have your how do you find that your intuitive gifts strengthen when you're fasting? So I find that I can sit in stillness longer. The longer I sit in stillness, the more I can hear what direction I need to go in or if I need to go at all. If Absolutely. I need to just be okay with more stillness. Because again, um I guess I, depending on your living circumstances, what it is that you're doing with your life, how you're doing with your life, I guess stillness could actually be seen as a privilege. But even in that, some people realize that even when they say, like I said earlier, that they don't have time for stillness, you have time for stillness. You just may not be in the mind frame for stillness because of your circumstances. But because of your circumstances is why you need to get in the mind frame of stillness. Absolutely. So tell the uh, listeners about your website. So my website, my website is theniftygypsy.com and I sell handcrafted Reiki infused aromatherapy based products. So I decided to finally put that aromatherapy certification to use. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because again, I always use it, use it with my clients with Reiki. And when I was working as a licensed esthetician, but now I just decided to um, add it 
to my products, make products based off of aromatherapy because everything's so toxic now. Everything Mm -hmm. is full of additives and food coloring and things that are not good for us. And all of these things go into our bloodstreams and have a negative impact on our nervous system. I'll let you have the final say as it pertains to stillness. What is the final thought, so to speak, that you would like to leave with Uh, the listeners of the Tips Truth podcast as it pertains to stillness? As it pertains to stillness, I would like to leave the guest with this. Find some time in your day, whether it be morning, noon, night, lunch break, bathroom break. Find some time in your day to check in with yourself, to connect with your breath, to take some deep belly breathing and just release it because most of the time you'll notice that we are going through our day doing what's called costal breathing or chest breathing where we're just taking in enough air where we're just letting out enough carbon dioxide to get through the day but it is not optimal functioning very shallow breaths yep yep so go ahead and step away and take those deep breaths connect with yourself again I encourage you to do it in the morning, but I also will encourage you to do it anytime that you can. Connect with yourself, sit with yourself, see what comes up. If you don't like it, what are you going to do about it? Because a lot of the times we avoid stillness because we don't want to deal with the mirror. We don't want to deal deal with with ourselves. Yep. Yep. So deal with yourself. Take the breathing, take the breaths, and move on, do your work, do your work. Stillness is where we find ourselves and where we find the God in ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Tiff's Truth Podcast. There'll be many more of these discussions to come, but in the meantime, make sure you're following me on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also catch me on Instagram at Tiff's truth. My name is Tiffany and this is my truth.